0: Bonvenon alla Fluent Show, podcasto pri ami vivi kaj lerni lingvoj. Saluton, mi estas Martin Leonardo de la Internacia Lingvo Esperanto. Ju la aŭskultadon. Welcome to the Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving living and learning languages. Hello everybody, my name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk. Big shout out to our listener, Martin, my first listener, contributing an intro in another language. Thank you so much. You just heard him there speak in the international language of Esperanto. If you want to contribute to the Fluent Show and hear your own voice in whatever language you wish to speak, just record a quick intro and send it to me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. All you have to say is your name, where you're from, which language you're speaking and the sentence, you're listening to the Fluent Show. Wish people good fun and here we are. So guys, I hope you are having fun and I hope, well, if you're not having fun yet, let's get this, let's get this party started. This week's Fluent Show is going to be a really interesting insight into how I work as a language Coach, and I have a question that is quite meaningful to many of you. Once again, going to try to touch on it in half an hour. Give you some practical tips. You will be learning several different aspects about this. You will be hearing what happens when a language problem has several layers. How we work down to the depth of that. How a relationship with your language teacher might be holding you back. What? how to create a strategy to overcome discouragement when you are speaking your target language and you're getting corrected and you're making mistakes and it's just feeling rubbish and finally I've got a few tips for you if you are a language tutor on how to support your student best when these kind of things happen First of all, let's give a shout out to this week's sponsor of The Fluent Show, which is CloseMaster, familiar friend of the show by now. Clozemaster is a language learning game built on a famous close exercise. That's close with a Z. A lot of language learning apps out there use a good system, but they can be a bit boring so that you kind of have them on your screen. You know you've got them. I know I've got them. And you can't really remember when you even last opened them. Or maybe the game is great, but you feel like you're not learning anything and it's wasting your time. If you want a language learning app that delivers and keeps you hooked, you need to get onto Clozemaster. Learning with Master is fun, addictive and free. It's super simple, simple. You get a sentence in your target language and there's so many languages available, 50 languages available. So you get a sentence, there'll be something missing, a word or two are missing. And those words are what you need to fill in. You can either pick from a multiple choice list or for more points and more learning benefit, arguably, you can simply type in your answers. And I have found it so great at uh, helping me think laterally in my target language, helping me think about what could go in this gap and helping me work out what this sentence could mean. So it also puts me in front of a lot of really interesting new languages and they're always words that you're actually going to be using because a lot of it is based on frequency. It comes with iPhone and Android apps but it also works in your browser it's completely free, so you can learn anytime and anywhere. To support the Fluent Show today, go to Closemaster.com slash Fluent Show. New URL for you there, Fluent Show, where you will find a bonus video with Closemaster tips from me and a special voucher to use when you try out Closemaster's awesome pro membership. So that's Closemaster.com slash fluent show. You don't need a special code, simply go to Closemaster.com slash fluent show and you'll learn all you need to know today. After this message from our sponsor Closemaster and thanks to them for supporting the show. On to today's episode. In this episode I'm showing you a small window into how I approach the discipline of language coaching. As an expert who's learning her eighth language and has been teaching languages for years, I want you to discover exactly how to learn languages to the standard that you desire. Language coaching, similarly to other coaching approaches, is aimed at making a high performer, that's you, do better. Really take take them to the point where you are at your very best. It's about creating a strategy, addressing what holds you back, setting up that language habit, making sure your goals are achieved. If you want to work with a language coach, I can always recommend it because this can take you from any point where something is holding you back to those higher levels of performance that you aim for. And it's not always, as we will see today, about the nuts and bolts strategy. So working with a coach can kind of help you peel back the layers a little bit. And hopefully today we'll demonstrate that. If you want to learn more about working with a language coach, you are very much invited to get in touch with me. I do have some slots available at the moment and I regularly take on new people to work with. It's not something that you do in the same way as tutoring in that you work with somebody for many years. Instead, coaching is... More targeted and helps you get the most out of how you are working at that specific time. I tend to work with people for between a month and four months, so get in touch if you want to find out more about this. But let's get to the question, the heart of this question. It all started with a question that I received from Andy Roberts. Andy, hello, he's a regular listener to the show and Andy is quite a prolific language learner who often shares his insights, his tips as well online, on his blog, on uh, YouTube uh, where he's a very active commenter. So you may have seen Andy's name around. This is somebody to look out for. Andy got in touch with me with a question about his, his learning experience and I found it interesting that he said... I've contacted you, Kirsten. I've also contacted Luca Lampriello. And dear listeners, I've no idea what Luca said, so I'm just going to say what Kirsten said. This is about the intermediate stage, you know, where you're really starting to use the language and you want, to, you want to make your own sentences. Andy has first describes the process that he is talking about in his target languages. My favorite technique is to skim through a grammar reference book Write down constructions I want to use in a notebook and then create a lot of sentences aloud over a period of days until I remember the constructions well enough to use in conversations or while talking to myself in the target language. This approach works well for me for languages that have few irregularities, such as Japanese and Korean but not so well for languages that have a lot of irregular words, such as Russian. This is because of the greater danger of learning word forms incorrectly, unless I do the exercise with a tutor to correct me. But usually, I only hire tutors for conversation practice or for pronunciation drills. My question is, what are some good techniques for mastering the grammar of languages that have a lot of irregular words, such as Russian? Now... Listeners, I've never studied an awful lot of Russian. I have studied Russian to a sort of, you know, playful A1 level, dabbled in Russian. And I've attended a few classes too. And I have the the Chinese that I have studied, you can probably write on a post-it. Has something here stood out to me? I know for a fact that there's plenty to get wrong in any language, especially while still getting used to things like tones, perhaps in East Asian languages, or focusing on honorifics, etc. Maybe not in the the grammar, what's called the morphology, you know, when, when words just do a lot of changing. In other words, if we assumed that what Andy is describing is that you know, is a specific stage in language learning. If we assume that maybe similar amounts of errors are made at a similar stage, I wondered what was making Andy feel so aware of his errors in Russian. And so, like, his, the technique he is describing, which has always worked for him, is suddenly not working. And he was saying that's probably because the words change so much. But I wondered... I wanted to know a little bit more about this. So I wrote back asking Andy what his sense of error tolerance is. So I said, you know, like when when you make those errors, what, you know, at what point do you feel okay, I'm going to do this with a tutor. I'm ready. And his answer, I feel is sort of got to the heart of the of the conversation. So I wanted to really lead you up there. Here is Andy's answer. Listen to this. Usually I have a fairly high error tolerance, but when I hire a lot of italki tutors for conversation practice and most of them are frequently correcting my errors, it's very discouraging. Oddly, even though Japanese expresses ideas very differently from European languages, my Japanese tutors rarely corrected me. Russian is the first language I've had this problem in. However, as I tend to be good at grammar, even in my native language, and I'm a good speller, I tend to master grammatical rules and constructions fairly easy. I can memorize verb tables, I can memorize case tables fairly easily too, I just don't like being overwhelmed when there are so many of them. So for me, it's more of a problem of feeling overwhelmed than a fear of making mistakes. This was fascinating to me because now we are looking at two completely separate issues. Issue number one is the technical issue of memorizing grammar, which is a problem for Andy And is a problem, you know, if if you're any anyone who's ever tried to learn Russian will will know that there is a lot of different inflections, declensions, conjugations and other Asians and Isians to to memorize. You know, Russian Russian gives you a lot to, to work with. But the other problem he started describing is the overwhelm of being corrected too much. And for me as a German tutor, One thing I know is, you know, I I teach, I work in a language that is similar to Russian, not as intense, apparently, but similar in the way that two letters at the end of a word said slightly differently to what the book says, basically as a grammar error. Right? In other words, I can give you a table. The table has 32 different endings on and I can ask you to memorize every single one of those endings. And then in a tutoring session, I could correct you and pick you up on every single one of those endings, which is based on you knowing the gender of every single word. There is so much to memorize if we're going to go down that route. If we're going to go down that route and then you will be overwhelmed as a learner. And this is, I think, similar to what Andy is describing here. So what I really noticed in his answer was he says, actually, grammar constructions, I I master them quite easily. I can memorize a table. It's no problem. You know, there's a difference between memorizing a table and using it, using what you've memorized correctly, putting it in the right place correctly every single time when you are speaking is an awful lot of mental processing. That's that's intense. And then what he says is, it's this sense of overwhelm. So he says he doesn't have a fear of making mistakes, but it's just a bit much and then people keep correcting him. So this is something I zoned in on on Next, which was the overwhelm of being corrected too much. And I have seen this and I have done this. I have made this mistake as a German tutor of over correcting a learner. Because it's easily done. People make those errors. But the problem, the consequences of being corrected when you are not ready to be corrected or when simply the frequency of the corrections of essentially the same mistake right you've you've memorized the table but you haven't automated it to the extent where you're putting it incorrectly every time that is actually the same mistake happening a lot a lot of times and whether you've then got the accusative or the dative wrong or the ablative or the instrumental case or whatever it is don't matter because really if you've grasped the concept and you have memorized the table and you're getting it wrong then a lot of this is a problem of automation in in your brain you you're still processing a lot so at this point if if the tutor overcorrects you as a learner it has four in my mind it has four very significant consequences number 1 It knocks your confidence. You're getting interrupted, you're having to go back, you realize you're doing something wrong. This is fine once or twice, but if this happens with increasing frequency, it will knock your confidence. Number two, it gives you too much to focus on in the moment. Because you're not just correcting the ending briefly your brain is going to go back to that verb table and look at the where did you get that ending from and what case was this again and what gender is this word again and suddenly you're thinking about five different layers of grammar and this is something that happens particularly, I guess, with German, Russian, Slavic languages, you know, our case-happy languages. It gives you a lot to focus on in the moment. This can also happen in other languages. It It happens in French. It definitely happens in French. There is more silence. There are more silent letters in in French conversation. So it's easier to kind of gloss over a grammatical error. But it's also very easy to make a grammatical error. So let's not just pick on those two types of languages. Although, as always, you guys know I'm, a, I'm your local Euro expert. So it gives you too much to focus on in the moment. Number three. It distracts you from understanding the other person. So if you're trying for a conversational practice and your tutor corrects you a lot, what happens is you start thinking consistently about all the new information they're giving you and you're not focusing on what they're saying anymore. So you're not going to understand them as well well either. Which leads to consequence number four. Essentially, it stops you from knowing your target language. And how could that not completely overwhelm you and knock your confidence when you start having to go back and tr- you can't trust your own sense of what you know anymore? So This is tricky. Now, what can you do when you feel overcorrected? So having analyzed the problem, there are things that you can do. So here are a few steps. Some with Andy's example in mind, but some also for you, listener, no matter what language you're learning. If you know this feeling of losing confidence, what can you do if you feel heavily corrected or if you feel like corrections are just, they're just holding you back at the moment because they really can. Number one, know what you are there for. Is it speaking practice? Is it pronunciation? Exam prep? Are you learning the language for business? Is it something else? This makes a huge difference on how your teacher should interact with you. And we've previously mentioned this in in the show. Andy started answering his own questions as I was digging in and asking him more. This is always a great result for, for a coach. That's really what you want. You want to guide your performer guide you, the person you're working with to answering your own questions. And he says, my goal in learning grammar is to learn enough grammar to express my thoughts, which tend to be complex. Of course, I want to understand what the other person is is saying too. I want to master the indispensable and very, very useful constructions first before engaging in conversation practice. But I'm not going to focus on the ones that are only important if I'm taking an exam or the ones that have to make me sound like a native or anything like that. So he just wants to express himself. This shows that Andy is not aiming for perfection and will be happy enough to express himself for now. He's not at the C2, C1, you know, stage where you're approaching mastery. It's possible to let things go. And what matters is that he's understood and he understands. And as a tutor... Knowing that would help me certainly if I was his tutor, compensate and you know make my classes the right structure. So something in coaching that I would I would work on is how to communicate with your tutor so that you get what you want out of those classes. Here are a few tips. Number one, be culturally aware. Some teachers have a full-on teacher mode, drill sergeant, and that that might be because they. They used to be school teachers and switched to online. It might be because that's how they have experienced tutoring. It might be because that's how they think, you know, tutoring should work, is that they should correct you a lot. Their goal is that you use the language as correctly as possible in that environment. They might just be used to a lot of people prepping for exams. So if you're not prepping for an exam and you're here for the love of it, you've got to let them know. Let's be careful not to stereotype here. It really does vary between cultures, but also this is down to individuals. So always stay open to trying a few italki tutors before you find the right one. With Andy, I do believe this played a role in his experience, in your experience, Andy. You mentioned being corrected a lot less in face-to-face meetups. So to me, that's an indicator that your teacher may be switching into I am the tutor mode and as a white American guy, your tutors from the Far East may have a very high respect threshold. They may be less willing to correct you than a Russian tutor. So that's tip one, be culturally aware. Tip two, be self-aware. Maybe you really are trying to do things that are too difficult for you at this point. Like having conversation practice when and using a lot of adjectives and all the cases and i don't know putting everything together perfectly or i don't know you know to while talking about your your attitudes to pollution and ethical maize growing who knows there's no shame in that there's no shame in, in being you know ever so slightly in over your head and it's a sign that but it's a sign that something in your study plan isn't delivering so when you make a mistake native speakers will always notice that's inevitable and it's, it's up to you then to, to guide the corrections. This is exactly why often native speakers will just switch to English. I mean, I've just spent a week in France. I got complimented on my French a lot. I got a lot of, oh, vous parlez très bien le français. Great. However, also people switch to English. And that's because I make mistakes in French. And they can hear that I'm not French. It's just inevitable. It happens to all of us. Sometimes you think you're not making mistakes because the other person is too polite to let you know. Most importantly, in this case, direct your tutor. Tell them what you're there for. Make it clear that conversation is what you want. And if that is the case, be confident and clear at the start as it will pay off. And also do your homework. And here I want to refer you to episode 90 of this podcast which you will find at fluent.show slash 90 and I've also put it in the show notes for the episode you're listening to right now. As a tutor what strategy helps? So here is how I would handle this as a tutor. Here is how I think about correcting students as a tutor. First let's, let's face the facts and this is useful for you as a learner to know too. If you're a language tutor teacher anyone who you know feels involved and has a stake in another person's success it is difficult to resist correcting a student but resisting can be extremely helpful because this lets them go on and make the mistakes again and it gives you a sense of exactly what it is that they are getting wrong so you get to the heart of the matter Always try and get more information. This is in coaching, I would say, as much as in in tutoring. This is really where those converge. Always get more information. When a student cannot even say one sentence to you without interruption, their, their goal also isn't being achieved. Switch your method there. So... The two strategies that you have a choice if really the student is getting that much wrong that you feel, oh, my God, I can't I can't let them finish a sentence. I keep correcting. Number one, strategy one is to just stop correcting. Stop correcting. Start listening more and make a note on their common errors. Or if you already have a sense of what the error is, switch to an explanation and a drill. And it might not be that simple to do this in one single class, but at least if you if you can make your student aware that there is a common error, how about in the next class? How about we focus on this bit? Hang on, let me look up an exercise, etc. That would be really, really helpful. If they're really getting almost every single thing wrong... Think as well and ask them, why are they taking a class with you right now? How can you get back to the basics? Start always looking out for this pattern. Tip number three as a tutor is to model correct usage. So instead of interrupting telling your student what they got wrong, try and reply with a demo of the correct usage instead, instead of picking up every single time pointing out an error, model more correct usage with stronger emphasis on what things should be. And if your student has the grammar knowledge and confidence, prompt them in the use of the specific concept. So what you could do is you could say, okay, we're going to put, and again, an example from German, we're going to put the imperfect entirely to one side. We're just going to use the... um, present perfect, or as we would say in German, das Perfect. Or you might want to say, okay, stop trying to use the future for now, let's just use the present tense and use words like next week to signal, and then we'll have a look at the future tense again, if your student keeps getting the future tense wrong. So, those are really really my tips. The most important thing for you as a learner is to be aware when a tutor's Interaction and the sense of correction that you are getting might be part of the reason you are feeling a high level of overwhelm and then be culturally aware and be self-aware and thirdly, be tutor aware and talk to them about what is happening to you. But, you know, you got to know the problem first. That's why, in a sense, the coaching approach really works. If you are the tutor, consider... Stop explain drill, consider stop correcting, and just listen more, make notes, or or consider modeling correct usage and just asking your students to simplify their language as this tutor relationship is is so, so powerful because a language teacher i don't think I don't think it's always necessarily easy as a language teacher to even remember this and to to hold on to the fact that this teacher tutor who you are working with kind of holds it can happen that they end up holding the keys to your confidence in a foreign language because they are your your one authority, and there are different ways around that, and it's something to be really aware of and knowledgeable about so what you're noticing here with with andy and his his wonderful this wonderful exchange that, that we had so interesting is actually at first the question was well how do i just master this grammar but when we dug into it a little more they were there were actually you know the the the, the grammar we know we'll come, and and I can give I can give more memorization techniques. I can give more techniques, but actually, what Andy de- described at the start—create a lot of sentences, you know, get yourself used to the structure—that's already a great technique. So this isn't a student, this isn't a learner who is going about everything completely wrong, but the sense of overwhelm then goes with knocking the confidence, and then kind of makes you feel essentially rubbish about speaking Russian, and that's not. That, that then stops you from wanting to proceed, or in this case, you know, it can, it can start stopping you from wanting to proceed in your target language because your confidence is being knocked, you feel like you're not getting it, and that is very dangerous because you need to go through this error-making process. And the stage that Andy described, which is, as he puts it, high beginner through lower intermediate, or in other words somewhere between a2 and b1 you guys know getting off the intermediate plateau getting through the intermediate jungle is the hardest bit in any language it's really the hardest bit in any project so there's a lot at play here and i hope i hope this gave you some insight i would love to hear from you if you're interested in language coaching It can iron out bigger issues than just how do I learn 50 words a day. And that's why I love it. I want to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Clothes Master. I'm closing the show now. If you want to read an intro in your target language, please do. Please get in touch. I need your voices. And finally, that question about how to learn difficult word endings and rules, I'm going to bookmark it for a future Q&A episode. I don't want to be running any longer than I already do. Check out the Bo Cup cookbook, which has got some examples about memorization if you are interested and you just want to find out quite quickly. And now I'm just going to let you guys go. Enjoy the Football World Cup if you are interested in the Football World Cup. Otherwise, enjoy your summer months and I'll see you next week. Goodbye.